One. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again by Drew Bishop. And you get us twice this week, two times. I can't remember the last time that we knocked out uh, two podcasts in a single week, but that just kind of speaks to uh, the summer is our busy season at Five Tool, and especially the month of June as we roll into July. Uh, kind of slows down a little bit, uh, but we're not quite there yet. I know, Drew, this, the summer uh, college league is winding down. We just had the Mattingly. Um, so things are kind of starting to slow the roll a little bit, but we'll be still be going strong um, through August. And then next thing we know, it'll be, it'll be fall ball. But uh, fall ball is a, a good time to get some looks at some guys in the 2023 class when we start really focusing on that 5 to 55. But uh, we wanted to have a podcast dedicated to our updated final 2022 5 Tool 55 rankings for the state of Texas. Uh, if you missed those, they were published. Oh, uh, man, I'm going to get my days mixed up. But I think last week at some point, definitely before the Manningly, we got those up. You can go to 5tool.org. We've got a just missed list. We've got a, a column dedicated to the new guys that made the list for the first time. Uh, then we wrote about some of our toughest ranking decisions uh, and, of course, the list as well. But before we jump into all this, Drew, how are you doing? How was did you get some laundry done yesterday? Did you get the shakes not having to drive to Melissa? Um, what, what was a day well, like away from the park for a change? Well, Tuesday did get some laundry done. Got had to get my uh, car registration done because that was one of the things that I got pulled over for the night before. Um, and so got that done, ran some other errands. And then yesterday was our, the championships of our college league. So Tuesday had off from Melissa back at it yesterday on Wednesday. Um, and yeah, getting ready to start another tournament here this afternoon in Melissa. What's the, what shirt do you have on by the way? Oh, uh, this is what? my, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, where, when did those come out? Uh, the winners of the Don Mattingly tournament got these shirts. And uh, this was this was payment for moving a lot of boxes and stuff around from closet to short storage shed before our college game started yesterday. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I've got thought I thought I'd wear it mainly because I had it upstairs and didn't have yeah. to go downstairs to put it on before we started. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm jealous of that. But uh, as somebody that um, wasn't there for the championship game, I suppose I, I don't deserve it. So before we get into the list, uh, I wanted to spend some time on some guys that uh, really struggled with not including on the list. You know, the 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 bummer about limiting it to 55, uh, especially for you know the entire state of Texas, we're talking about here. Uh, is you're going to leave some really good players off for, for whatever reason. Um, and uh, there's certainly some guys in this list. That I'm like, yeah, this might look kind of silly a couple of years from now, not including these guys on here, but um, I'll let you start with a couple of guys that I, I know, you know, very well um, an outfielder, flower mound, Marcus, Jake Dewar. I, I mean, he he's really hit. He's really come on. I, I think the power starting to show a little bit more, uh, sounds like he's had a good college league as well. Um, that could be one that we look back in a couple of years, like, yeah, probably should have snuck him on there somewhere. Yeah. The guy just hits every time you look up, he's on base, uh, in the middle of stuff, you know, he's a guy that he goes to the plate confidently all the time and knows he's going to hit. Um, 
and just I mean he's a stud. Bottom line, I mean he like you said he's he's a tough guy to leave off. I mean you could you there's days where I'd put him in the middle of this list real easily and not even think about it. Uh, but yeah, I think he's going to be a guy that goes to TCU and just uh, starts from day one and is just you know uh, one of those guys like we talk about all the time that you look up in a couple of years and all the teams that play against him are like like how long has this guy been here yeah yeah uh-huh. but awesome player awesome kid i love talking to him out at the games um baseball family uh love talking baseball with his dad we've had his brother rock on um mm-hmm. uh, talked about him on the podcast and posted some video of him you know he's just another baseball player too um and i'm sure you know rock will benefit from jake's success you know because yeah. that that'll be a guy that people you know will see jake playing and you're just going to know and assume that he's good. Kind of like the Duplantier mold that we've talked mm-hmm. about so many times. Yeah. Yeah. And another guy you're familiar with, we, we mentioned um, kind of at length on the previous podcast earlier this week, when we were going through the Madeline stuff, uh, Ryan Black Jr. Um, UTA yeah. commitment, UTA signee. Um, another guy that's starting to tap into his power more this summer, hit a couple of bombs to dead center. I, I, I probably a day one impact guy, I think at UTA, cause the bat just really, really has stood out and a guy that uh, I know we talked a lot about. We liked in, in the, uh, the fall seeing him, the blue Jay scout team, a guy that uh, was really, really, really tough to keep off there. Yeah, no doubt. You know, he he's like you mentioned, he he's going to be a day one contributor there at UTA. I know clay is ecstatic about having him as part of the program. Um, you know, we, we talked about it last time, but for those that didn't hear, um, you know, we bragged about his, uh, you know, fortitude, basically his mental fortitude and ability mm-hmm. to hang on and, uh, live out his commitment to UTA and go through the process and see who they hired. And, you know, luckily for him, they got a guy who is an infielder, was an infielder and, you know, coming off of a, a, a huge season that ended in the national championship series with Clay Van Hook and, uh, you know, he, he's going to know what it takes to get Ryan to that next level. And I know he's just ecstatic to have him as part of the program. And, you know, he's going to be one that we'll see really early um, that he's a contributor. I mean, that's, that's what I expect him to do is be somewhere, uh, you know, in the lineup on day one and, and, and be an impact player for those guys for the next several years. Yeah. He's got an opportunity to, to be definitely one of the better hitters they've had in their program um, in recent years. Um, tough thing about putting together a list like this is, you know, pitchers, you see a pitcher on the right day um, and it's like, whoa. Um, And, you know, you kind of get down to the bottom of the list and it's, you know, you got a lot of guys that are kind of similar and unfortunately you just can't include them all on there. Um, Douglas Bauer from Lamar, right-handed pitcher um, was a guy that I saw at a, at a tournament at Brenham um, really early in the high school season Um, four pitch mix, uh, fastball was up to 92 uh, tall guy uh, he's, he's got definite room to kind of fill out and add some strength to that frame I uh, had a really strong season for Lamar I think that if I remember correctly I think I was at the only start where he gave up earned runs so sorry <laughs> Douglas I'm, I'm clearly a little bad luck for you but um, this four distinct pitches fastball curveball slider change up he actually does a Vulcan change which uh, Eric Gagne made famous way back in the day when he was uh, shutting the door for the Los Angeles Dodgers. But I think he's got a chance. Um, he's going the Juco route after being a one-time USC commitment, uh, going to Tyler Junior College. I think he's got a chance to be one of those guys that 
goes there, really takes off. And we're talking about as a guy that's a, that's a either a, t- a high draft pick or just kind of picking from whatever D one program he wants to pick from. Uh, another guy I saw a while ago, Jacob Rogers, right in picture from Friendswood. Friendswood had a fantastic season. Uh, Jacob's going to Texas tech, a lot of arm strength, clean arm, um, fastball change up curveball. I think that when he gets to Texas Tech, you know, they'll probably take a look at the fastball shape, maybe get some spin, maybe get some more efficiency there and really allow that pitch to play up. Uh, he was another tough arm to keep off the list. Uh, speaking of Brenham, I saw Riley Urbanzik from College Station, right handed pitcher going to Rice. I saw him at Brenham. He was coming off of an elbow injury this season, um, was retired 15 straight guys at one point in the game that I saw. Uh, just your prototypical kind of big physical workhorse type frame, a guy that I think is going to throw a lot of innings at Rice, probably be a guy that might compete to, to get some starts there from the jump. Um, another big guy, Zachary Royce, going to UTSA, create a lot of buzz this season at Cinco Ranch, kind of one of those pop-up senior guys that started throwing really, really hard. He was up to 93 in the game I was at. Uh, saw some reports of him being up to 95 uh, breaking stuff flashed occasionally. Uh, I think that he's going to be a guy that could profile kind of the back end of games for UTSA early on, and maybe be a guy that jumps in there with some Tuesday starts, but he's probably going to be a weekend starter um, in the future there. And it's funny, the game I went to go see him, UTSA was there watching him and Lucas Moore was opposing him who just committed to UTSA. So um, just goes to show you the power of kind of getting on the road a little bit. Um, and then another pitcher, two more pitchers, Brian Panton from Tom Ball Memorial, the best control command I saw of any senior pitcher um, saw him a couple bunch of times with the 12 maroon team in the summer, saw him once with Tom Ball Memorial during the high school season. I think he only walked four guys the entire high school season. Just fantastic control. Um, he's going to be able to throw in any role at Texas State, but I could see him being a guy that logs a lot of innings there. Um, and then Zane Petty, a guy that's going to uh, Texas Tech from Corsicana. I saw him in the uh, all-star game at the end of the year. Was up to 92 miles an hour. Quick, clean arm. Um, got a chance to continue to to uh, add some velocity there. Uh, might end up being more of a back end guy. Um, that could be where he kind of makes an impact early on there and just kind of settles in as a guy that throws really hard in the back end. Uh, but certainly an intriguing arm there going to Texas Tech. But um, you know, Marshall Lipsy, we've talked about that's that was a tough guy for us to keep off the list as well. An outfielder, uh, another guy going to TCU that's got a chance to really hit there. Well, I think, you know, one of the things for, for Marshall is we just really didn't get to see him like we did the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, what one of the kind of unfortunate things about this first list that we did, you know, and with it being our first year is we just didn't have all the same exposure to some of these guys that we did um, as, as some of the others. And, you know, like I said, there's there's going to be guys on this list that will prove us right. There will be guys that prove us wrong. And, you know, that that's kind of the exciting part about it. And the cool part about it is that, you know, these are these are talking points and these are our opinions. And, you know, we're we're not going to get all of these right. It's just not realistic to think that. And, you know, if some of these guys use it for motivation. Great. You know, I mean, it's that's the thing is like, uh, you know, ultimately the what you do with your career is up to you. And it's not going to be you know predicated off of some list and you know, they're, they're not something that's meant to be the end all be all list or something for pe- people to take too seriously. Um, because like you said, it's, you know, we're not the decision makers at the end of the day, <laughs> not the guys right. that are going to pay you to do a, 
to do what you want to do for a living. Um, but it is fun to go through and do this as an exercise. We like the feedback that we get both good and bad. Cause you know, if, if there's a strong narrative against a certain guy from a lot of people may cause us to go back and look at some of it a little bit closer, but um, like you said, it's, it's a fun thing to do. And, you know, it's tough to leave some of these guys off the list. And, you know, like we said, there's going to be some of these guys that we just listed that are going to make us look silly in a couple of years. Yeah. 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 And again, we're talking about the entire state of Texas. So uh, there's a long, long list of guys that are going to the D one level and uh, we'll go to other places and blow up and become draft picks and so on and so forth. And looking back, but uh, it'll be certainly really fun to follow for sure. And, you know, speaking of guys we, we didn't get to see, um, I saw this guy in the summer last year, but I'd never saw him pitch Damian Ruiz uh, from Livingston um, going to HBU. And in the playoffs, you know, we talked about Livingston a little bit. They kept playing one game playoffs. And I was like, huh, you know, and I'd heard that Damian Ruiz was throwing really hard and really well. And I just, I just never got down there to see him in the playoffs before they got knocked out. But um, he created some buzz late in the high school season, really good athlete, quick arm. Um, he's got some bat speed, like that's a really good get for HBU. And I, I'll be curious to see what he looks like on the mound, if that's where he ends up, because it, it sounded like he was throwing the ball really well um, to end the season there. Uh, a couple of catchers, Dylan Maxey, guy I liked, uh, played for that Marucci team. Another Friendswood guy, a, a winner, man. He's won a lot of high school games, was really, really productive for one of the best 5A teams in the state. And then on that note, too, Rashawn Galloway at the 4A level from Bernie, another catcher that was really, really productive. Um, going to Texas State, a multi-sport guy. Uh, I think he's got an opportunity to uh, to to uh, make an impact there for sure, definitely with the bat um, as Texas State kind of turns over that roster. And then there, there were some unfortunate, you know, the injury situations, they just kind of pop up throughout the season. Zach Zavala was a guy. Um, yeah. I really liked when I saw him earlier in the year with Georgetown in a scrimmage, um, kind of battled some injuries throughout the year. He was one of the only guys that I know of that that time and barreled a Travis Sakura fastball this season. Um, yeah. So he's, he's definitely got that working for him. But instinctive player, um, athletic, strong, kind of a lot of strength into that compact frame. Um, I, I, he's going to uh, to Houston. I think he's got a chance to uh, to be an impact guy there as well. So. Uh, tough to keep those guys off the list, but um, as we get into these names, I think you'll understand that it's uh, a lot of really, really, really good players. Um, you know, and it, it, we'll kind of start at the bottom here, but before we get to the names, um, you know, you mentioned getting out and seeing some guys. I, I do want to pat ourselves on the back because we we saw each of these guys in person, um, yeah. whether it was last summer, whether it was in the fall or the high school season. Uh, might have been a very limited look, might have been a bunch of games like it just, you know, but we wanted to make it a point that as best we could to try to see all of these guys to say, hey, at least we got some sort of in-person evaluation, which we really, really believe in. I especially believe in it because of things like the body language, the makeup, but but also like you get to see what they look like physically. Like, you know, like if you like walk, a guy walks by you, you stand beside him or stuff like that, you, you get a much better idea of, of what these guys look like and how they can project in the future and stuff like that. But uh, one of the new names on our list that uh, coming to number, uh, number 55, uh, a guy that I know you're really high on. And I got, I was excited. I got to see for a couple of innings in that, um, that Texas high school coaches association, all-star game at the end of the year, uh, Tate Evans from Flower Mount Marcus going to Yale just had an amazing season. And it just, 
when you see the change up in the stuff and you saw the production, I, we just couldn't keep him off the list. Yeah. I mean, he, the numbers are video game numbers. Um, I, I saw him in the playoffs against a good hitting uh, JJ Pierce team. And I mean, he, they had no chance. I mean, it was, I think they may have got, I don't know if they got a runner to second, if they did, they didn't get a runner to third, but it was, it was one of the most dominant performances I've seen in high school baseball period. Um, the guy has multiple pitches. He throws strikes. He competes. Uh, he's been out in our summer league throwing. I mean, the guys, the guys are fun to watch and I can't imagine that he's not an instant contributor at Yale on, from day one. Right. Um, but obviously a smart kid. Um, I know his coaches love him. Father Mount Marcus. He's, he is, Really, really fun to watch with really good stuff. It's not like overpowering velo, but because of the changeup, his mm-hmm. velo plays up and he gets some really, really ugly swings over the course of an outing. Yeah, I, I remember he had that one, he had one start against somebody where I think he threw a complete game and struck out 16 and he only needed like 82 pitches. Like, think about that for a moment. Like, how many pitches have to be in the strike zone or how many whiffs you have to get to be that efficient over the course of? of that kind of outing with that many strikeouts. So uh, that changeup was as advertised when I saw it. Um, I mean, the, the catcher he was working with really had problems even catching it. It was, it had so much movement and so much stuff, but uh, another new name on the list, Damian Bravo, um, a guy that I saw last summer. We got another look at him in the Connie Mack double um, ABC qualifier earlier this summer and standout hitter um, has always hit, had a big season with the bat, but, we also saw him pitch too, and uh, I, if if that's something that maybe T- or Texas Tech looks, looks into in the future, they might find a little something there. I know they're taking him as a hitter, uh, but he was really impressive on the mound as well. But just just a baseball player, you know, really impacts the game in a ton of ways, uh, and is a guy that's been a pretty consistently strong hitter through the course of his high school career. Yeah, I mean, he's a good two way guy. Um, Tech got a good one. Uh, he just kind of fits that mold. Just one of those guys that. You know, not super flashy, but just knows how to play the game. Um, always in control um, and on time, uh, just about everything he does. So, uh, you know, he's depending upon who all shows up out in Lubbock, it's he's going to have a chance to play early. Yeah. Cut. Uh, we mentioned injuries. Uh, a couple of guys that battled some stuff this year. Christian Salazar, who's number 53 on the list from Cypress Ranch. Um he got back into the lineup late in the season. I saw him in the playoffs. Uh, one of my favorite swings in the class. Uh, I, I saw him in the fall hit some absolute bombs with the wood bat. Um, saw him in a bomb at Rice uh, last summer, and they eventually Rice committed him a couple of days after that. But just I really, really believe in that swing. I really believe in the instincts. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be a standout center fielder or second baseman, depending on what he plays at Rice. And then Cade Climby from Seven Lakes. Um, a guy whose swing looks like it's got a chance to really, really translate. Um, he had a lot of buzz taking into the season. I think he battled some stuff, uh, eventually got back out there. Um, probably didn't have statistically the season he'd want to, but I think he's got a chance to hit at the next level. Um, and then, you know, Renee Galvon from Sinton, um, you know, the brother of Ryland Galvon, who made a big move up the list. Uh, I know you talked to Adrian Alanis. Um, this guy just had a really productive year. And I think there's a video circulating of him that hit one over the batter's eye somewhere at a place where like nobody yes. hits one over the batter's monster, eye. He's got some, he's got some tools. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, you know, he's a good athlete, good football player, really strong, huge get for Tyler Junior College. Yeah. Um, he represents the only junior college guy we have on the list right now. Um, but man, he, he's, a, he's a special athlete and, you know, most people you talk to are surprised that he's not going D one. I think he had some D one offers late, but, um, you know, decided to stick with Tyler junior college and imagine him going somewhere pretty good from there. Yeah. And I imagine that could be a route. We might see more guys taking the future, you know, Douglas Bowers taking a similar route with the portal and everything like that. Like, you know, if, if, if you're, you know, there's competition at these big time JUCOs, but, there's probably a little bit more path to playing time and impact. And you just bet on yourself and go play and go prove it and kind of open your doors again to whether it's a big D one or, or MLB pick or something like that. So it'd be exciting to see what he does um, at Tyler junior college. So I think he's got a chance to, to really blow up there. Um, Murphy Brooks, a right-handed pitcher is number 49 on the list uh, heading to TCU. Um, I saw him against Cypress woods. He actually had a, finger injury i can't remember if it's a broken finger or something that he was pitching through but um short of four pitch mix uh i know he's been pitching i believe he pitched in um a college it might have been our college league but um saw some video of him up to 93 this summer uh, because he's a guy that can throw multiple pitches for a strike uh, i like his potential there at tcu to, to contribute in some sort of role i mean if you're a guy that can throw with that velocity you can throw that many pitches for a strike you got a chance to make an impact there and the number 51 on the list uh, Georgetown catcher Zachary Mazuk, just a, a guy that exudes a lot of leadership intangibles. Um, high energy player, you could tell that he was the guy that that set the tone for that Georgetown team who ended up winning the state championship. Uh, hit leadoff for them, got on base a ton. Um, just a really competitive, steady player that I think's got a chance to stick at catcher um, at the next level at Baylor. So. Uh, he's at number 51 on the list. Um, and then kind of moving up, Jose Vargas at number 48, Clear Springs outfielder. He's got some really loud tools heading to Arizona State. And then Max Grubbs, who's headed to Texas. I, I know I think you've gotten some eyes on in the past. Um, the, the secondary stuff really flashes. And I think that he hasn't, he hasn't really tapped into everything physically. I think there's some projection there to come that's going to give him an opportunity to play a big role at Texas. Yeah, the, the main thing is he knows how to pitch. He competes out on the mound and, and he has good command of multiple pitches. So, you know, with that pitch mix and the body, you, you can really see a lot of upward potential for him. Um, you know, like I said, he, he's a big baseball fan. I saw him out at a couple of different games that he wasn't playing on playing in in the playoffs. Uh, so, I mean, you can tell just by the way people interact with him that people like him and mm. he's got a chance to, to really pitch early. There's going to be some innings up for grabs early for Texas this year. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, Ryan Dollar, number 46 on the list. I got, I got to see at the high school all-star game after seeing the fall with the Dodgers scout team. Uh, was the most outstanding pitcher at area code last year. Just racked up a ton of strikeouts. Um, that's what he did this season as well. He comes after people. Um, he wants to be power stuff, power arm, come at you quick and on the attack. And I think that he's got a chance to throw a lot of, you know, kind of throw some early innings at Houston, whether that's in the bullpen or as a starter, uh, kind of remains to be seen. But the stuff is really consistently missed bats. Uh, number 45 on the list, Ryan Williams, catcher from Bridgeland. Um, just you bet on the catching, the, the catch and throw skill, the receiving skill, uh, I remember talking to, to uh, Zach Dillon at one point, it's just like, this is a guy that they bumped up, like I think a couple years at one point, because 
their older team just needed some catching. Uh, when I think yeah. he was like a 15 U uh, and they're like, yeah, you know what? Ryan can handle this. And I, I think that says a lot. Our guy cheese at Mississippi state knows catchers. Um, and yeah. they came down to Texas to get this guy. Yeah. He can really catch and throw. Um, you know, he's got some developing to do on the offensive side, but the, the tools are there for it. I mean, is he, you know, you can only imagine that he's going to get a lot stronger once he gets to college and gets in an SEC weight program. But I mean, he's a guy that he's good enough defensively to where he could hit below a hundred and he's still a valuable player right. for you. But I don't think he's going to hit under right. hundred to be clear, <laughs> but he's that good defensively to where he's that kind of player. Yeah. It's tough to find, you know, catchers to me are the most difficult thing to evaluate, especially at the prep level. So when colleges recognize a guy they think's got a like a true chance to stick there and and, and do it at a pretty good level, um, they don't hesitate to try to lock up those commitments, and that's what Mississippi State did uh, with Ryan Williams, who caught a ton of innings for the twelve program, and then at Bridgeland as well. Um, getting to this next group here from forty four to thirty for forty four to thirty nine, kind of a run of arms. And this is, this is a group that I wrote about at our toughest rankings decisions because it was kind of hard to separate these guys. But um, you know, it goes Brandon Arvidsson, Blake Binderup, J.D. Thompson, Dominic Reed, um, Shane Sedale, and Sean Fitzpatrick. Um, kind of all different. Um, you know, Arvidsson and Binderup, to me, both two guys that are going to Texas A&M. Um, tall, athletic, you know, Binderup, I think Binderup's got a change to look like a Noah Syndergaard type of guy physically. Uh, right. When it gets into a college strength and conditioning program, um, Arbitson, a taller athletic guy, they've got some things I think that Nate Yeski can really unlock and tap into mm -hmm. and get that stuff to take off at the next level. Um, kind of the same thing with Sadeo as well, a skinnier arm, but really quick, loose strike thrower. The changeup really flashes. I think as the breaking ball progresses at the next level, um, he's got a chance to be a standout, eventually weakened arm for A&M. Um, and then Sean Fitzpatrick, who I saw from from Concordia Lutheran, heading to Arkansas, um, strike thrower, another guy, athletic delivery, really quick working delivery. He's got some deception in there as well. Uh, the breaking ball racks up a lot of whiffs. I think he's going to add some more velocity in the future as well. But you know, Dominic Reed was a, a new name on the list, a guy that we heard yeah. a lot about. We saw him in the fall. Um, the stuff really took off this season. Sort of the production. Um, it was a no brainer to put him on the list and you can see why Oklahoma state, uh, when things started kind of taking off last summer, didn't hesitate to all to go get his commitment. Yeah. I mean, if you watch him, I got to see him twice. He, he has electric stuff. Mm -hmm. He knows how to pitch, um, you know, between the two outings, one of the times, uh, one of his breaking balls was a little bit better than the other, but man, like the guy racks up strikeouts. Um, one of the most dominating performances I watched all spring was his first one against uh, Frisco Heritage, where I think he struck out like, I don't know, 14, 15, 16, something Jeez. along those lines. And it was, it was, it was a really dominant performance. Then I got to see him against Forney in the playoffs and he went pitch for pitch with Aiden Sims. And realistically he had one pitch that he probably wants back. And he gave up a, uh, a home run on a three Oh count. Um, but to Aiden Sims, actually. But I mean, the rest of the performance was dominant. I think the first batter of the inning on before the home run, the ball bounced off the base, um, just kind of a weird inning. And then it, you know, he threw it in there on 3 0 and probably thinking that Sims wouldn't swing and he did and he hit a home run. And that was mm -hmm. it. Like that was essentially the only offense 
for either team in the entire game. Um, but he went pitch for pitch with them, and you can see a lot of potential there. Uh, he's got a huge, huge future on the mound. Yeah. Um, and he's a guy that I could see being in the rotation pretty early for Oklahoma State, especially with getting some tutelage from Rob Walton, who's one of the best. And, um, you know, Dominique obviously has an idea of what he's doing, and there's still a lot more in the tank for him, I think. Yeah, it's, it's bat-missing stuff, and it's the kind of arm that Oklahoma State's done well with recently. We've seen with what they've done with their rotation and guys that they've been putting in the MLB draft. Um, Chase Mora, number 38 on the list, a two-way guy, shortstop and right-handed pitcher from Tomball heading to Texas State. I think that it's probably shortstop for him, um, but it's, it's interesting on the mound. He, I believe he had an elbow injury or something that he came back from. Um, another guy that I'm sorry, Chase, you got hurt at the game. I was at. I'm just haven't been bad luck. I mean, I've been bad luck for this class, but he got back up on the mound on the playoffs through, uh, actually won a playoff game. I think throwing six or seven innings, but I think shortstops is calling card at Texas state. The bat speed really ticked up, uh, started topping into that power a little bit more. Uh, number 37 on the list, Luke Jackson, um, <laughs> Hate to say it, another guy that got hurt when I was there, uh, sensing a theme here. But yeah, I know. Sorry, guys. Uh, I, I swear it's not me. Um, and uh, he uh, underwent Tommy John surgery. Um, but uh, heading to Texas A&M, I think that he's got a chance still to be a, vi- a future weekend guy because the arrow was pointing straight up. I saw him a couple times this past year and a lot of physical projection, quick, loose arm. Um, the stuff really sticks out. He's going to have a chance in the future. Uh, number 36, DeAndre Jones from Lutheran South Academy, heading to Kansas State, hit a ton of bombs this year. Uh, Jordan Medine, shortstop switch hitter from Bay Area Christian at number 35, heading to Baylor. And then another new name on the list, Owen Proch, uh, left-handed pitcher and utility player from South Lake Carroll, uh, heading to Duke. He did everything this year. Um, he's, a, he's a future pitcher. It's a, it's a tough look from the left side. Uh, nothing's really straight. It's a, it's an uncomfortable look, especially for left-handed hit, left-handed hitters. Um, but he hit really well for that South Lake Carroll lineup as well. Uh, I think he ended up hitting leadoff for them most of the year, which says a lot. But when you've got Ben Tryon and Ethan Mendoza and some other guys in that lineup, but I saw him in the summer uh, at the Mattingly, and he was good. My head was kind of spinning at the time because it was like my first week on the job. Um, in hindsight, he, he should have been on the list earlier, but as we say, we try to get it right at the end. And I think we got it right with having him on there at number 34. Yeah. Owen's just a good baseball player. I saw him in a home run in an early season tournament into a pretty stiff win at, at Southlake. And uh, yeah, I mean, you look at him and Griffin Herring's numbers over the course of the year and they're, they're, they're silly. They're, <laughs> they're like, they're like Tate Evans type numbers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, oh, I'm excited to see what Owen does at Duke. You know, they're they're a program that's always on the cutting edge and has mm-hmm. a good reputation for uh, developing pitchers. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does and how early. And I mean, he's not a he's a guy that I wouldn't rule rule out of hitting at some point. True. You know, yeah. I, I don't know if that's in their plans or not, but it, they'd be wise to give him a, a crack at it at least. Yeah, yeah, something in the fall. Like, hey, let's see what it looks like and. And inner squads and stuff like that. It might be something we stick with, but uh, there's no doubt about this guy hitting uh, big will furnace number 33 on the list. Yeah. Nacogdoches heading to Ole Miss. Uh, you got to look at this guy. I got to look at him in the, uh, the Texas coaches all-star game. Um, it, it runs in the family middle of the order masher. Yeah. He, the, the, the impressive thing about him is that, you know, with the power, he, 
he's not a power hitter. He has power, but he can hit, mm-hmm. you know? And so he's a guy that, I mean, you know, I bet it's going to be pretty exciting times for him, <clears throat> him to be going to Oxford, uh, coming off of coming off of that national championship. Yeah, how and, about that? You know, you know, probably a chance for him to get up and get in the lineup early with some of the guys that they're losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's going to be an opportunity there for sure. And, and, and you know, I, I think when we first did this list, we kind of said it like he just has that feel of like a guy you see at Ole Miss that goes and just really, really hits, and uh, he doesn't have yep. to. He doesn't have to sell out to get to the power. He can actually hit. Um, number 32 on the list, Dylan LaRue. Uh, I got to go see him in Blanco this season. Saw him with the Dodgers scout team. Saw him in the summer. Uh, guy we, we really like. Like his potential to stick behind the play as a catcher. Um, father, Jason LaRue, caught in the big leagues for a long, long time. Uh, who's really spent a lot of time working with Dylan. I'm going to bet on the sons of big leaguers or sons of former standout college players. I mean, the, the track record for those guys has been very successful in recent years. So um, a huge get for Houston Baptist. And, man, Houston Baptist is just doing a fantastic job, um, yeah. both in the 2022 class. We've talked about a lot of their 2023 guys as well. I think that he's a day-one contributor at Houston Baptist, uh, assuming he isn't drafted. But uh, I think that he's a day-one contributor at Houston Baptist. And then another new guy on the list, Lucas Davenport, number 30, 31, right-handed pitcher from Prosper. This was just an instance of we just had to see him. Uh, didn't see him in the summer. Um, he didn't pitch for that Blue Jays uh, scout team in the fall. Uh, we just wanted to see him. And you got to look at him early, often. And uh, he was throwing really, really hard from the jump in some miserable weather and just had a really strong season for Prosper. Yeah, I mean, it's funny when you watch him. It, I mean, this is a compliment, but it's kind of boring. Right. When you watch him, because he just he repeats his delivery like it's not all over the place. He just throws it in there and pounds it in there. And I remember um, at least a couple of his outings like where he threw less than uh, double digit off speed pitches. I mean, he just throws the fastball Mm -hmm. and attacks and throws it in the zone. And man, like it's it's exciting because you start to think about what he's going to be able to do when he really refines that uh, breaking ball and change up. I mean, he has them already. And yeah. they've been, I mean, he can use them successfully, but he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and I like guys like that, that are willing to just throw it in, let the defense work and just get a bunch of easy outs, you know yeah. what I mean? Cause he's got some moving the balls. He's not afraid to throw inside and he gets some really like, I mean, if, if, if they were using wood in high school, he would have broken a lot of bats, I think. Um, but super competitive, you know, through twice in multiple playoff series this year, you know, just a guy that leaves it out all all out there on the mound. Um, there's a lot of projection there, but you know, for a guy his size, he repeats pretty well, and he's he's he has an athletic delivery that I think is going to be able to um, to be a starter in the SEC at some point. Yeah, I love guys that can that can beat people with their fastball, um, especially at the high school level. Like you, if you're going to be a standout guy. Um, you've got to have a fastball that can play, that can miss bats, that can get a lot of strikes. And that's something that he did this year. Um, the next run of players here from 30 through 27 is a little group of outfielders. Um, kind of had some hard time separating these guys. They're, they're kind of a little different, uh, but similar level prospects. Carson Queck, number 30 on the list from Woodlands Christian head to Kansas State. Um, a lot of tools. I've seen him four two down the line. I've seen I've seen him hit homers. I've seen him up to ninety one on the mound. I've seen him cover some ground in the outfield. Um, really talented player that I think's got a chance to be a standout guy at Kansas State. 
And then Rocco Garza can go ahead into Oklahoma from John B. Alexander in Laredo. Uh, Got another look at him at the All-Star game. He might be one of the better pure hitters um, in the state. I, I think that he's – we're going to look up and it's like, oh, yeah, he's hitting 300 at Oklahoma and he's playing yeah. a solid, solid outfield. I don't know how much power is in there, but um, the way he tracks pitches, the way he sees the ball, the way he takes the bats – I think he's got, it's really got a chance to, str- to translate strongly um, at Oklahoma and maybe early on there, a guy they should be really, really excited about. Um, number 28, Brenner Cox. Number 27, Jack Little. Um, before we get to Cox, Little to me, like, I, I don't know. We're kind of on an island there, um, and I'm not really sure why. He's got some tools. I, I've yeah. seen it 4-1 down the line. I've heard it's been as fast as 3-9. I saw him hit a ball in, in premiere um, late last summer, um, just in the dog days of July. And it like, it was a line drive and it was one of those ones off the bat that didn't rise. And it just went straight over the fence and through the back window of a BMW in the parking lot. Like it was like the loud shattering of the glass um, really competitive player. He kind of plays with that football, like competitiveness and twitch and physicality. Great looking player physically can play all over the diamond. Um, I think he's probably going to play center field at Wichita state. Uh, but if they need him to play in the infield or, you know, he played first base at Tompkins. Cause I think they just needed a guy that could catch the ball over there. Cause they had so many other players all over the diamond, but a lot of tools. I, I think, you know, the son of a big leaguer, I think that he could really take off at Wichita state, but another guy with a bunch of tools is Brenner Cox. who you got to look at this year. And, uh, um, if he ends up being a standout pitcher, um, I'm going to say you called it because it's, we never really got to see him on the mound, but, uh, the arm strength is certainly there. And so is the athleticism and things like that offensively. Yeah. Well, let me go back to little, a little bit. I think he reminds me, um, of kind of a more athletic Murphy Staley. Um, okay. just, just for the simple fact that he can play every position on the field. Um, and he can, he can definitely play on the infield. He can definitely play in the outfield. Um, and that probably penalizes him a little bit because I don't think people ultimately know where he's going to end up. Um, and I say penalize, I just mean when it comes to lit prospect lists and stuff like that, but you know, he, he's a gamer. Um, and there's a common theme with all the teams he plays on, they win. Right. And he's a guy that knows how to play the game, you know, with the dad that's with a playing background. Um, So, you know, he knows what he's doing on the field. He does a lot of things that contribute to winning baseball. And he's a guy that you're going to look up and, uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be before his senior year, like Murphy's was, but um, you know, he's a guy that I I would expect to have a big time college career. And, you know, I, I do expect him to break out and be a big time contributor earlier than Murphy was, but Murphy's value was for a couple of years was that he could, he was like the backup at every single spot. Yeah. And then this year, when, when he got, as soon as he got the chance to play every day, he became an all American. <laughs> so, um, and, and I think Jack has a little bit more tools than him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, speaking of tools, going back to Brenner, um, everything that Brenner does is electric. And uh, one of the most impressive things I saw from him all year was on a play where he almost made a really tough catch in the outfield. The ball bounced off the wall and he just picked it up and threw an absolute laser to third base. Um, And that's something that um, 
not a lot of people can do and yeah. not a lot of people have that ability inside their body. Uh, but he does. And that's why, you know, like, I think a lot of people are intrigued at the thought of him on the mound, because, you know, if you, you've ever heard someone say there, someone's fastball explodes, go watch him. And that's what that means. If you've never seen it before you watch him and you just see, and just like feel the ball, pick up uh, momentum on like, you know, later in the later towards the plate and get some just, you know, swings that look like the ball is just flat out blown by a hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's got a chance to do that. I think, you know, he's got some, you know, just really whippy bat, uh, you know, got electric bat speed, you know, everything he does is he's the definition of Twitch. Yeah. Really. Um, and he, it's going to be exciting to see what he does ultimately, uh, if he makes it to Texas. Um, you know, I know that there's some teams that are interested in him for sure. And rightfully so, but mm. it'll be exciting to follow his career and see where he ends up in long-term and, um, he'll be a fun player to watch for sure. Yes. Yeah, you know, the draft is coming up, starts on Sunday. Um, I think that he's, he's a name to watch there just because when, when you start, listing off all the tools and and the possible future grades and stuff. Uh, It's the kind of athlete, you know, when you have that sort of athleticism, it's the kind of guy that pro teams like to bet on, Um, especially those pro teams that are really heavy traditional scouting tools type things um, and kind of steer not away from the computer model, but put a lot of stock into kind of the traditional way to evaluate guys and, you know, teams like the Royals and the Padres and stuff like that. So um, he could be get a guy to keep an eye on there, but um, moving up the list to number 26, Trenton Shaw from Prestonwood Christian Academy, uh, lefting a pitcher um, in a left-handed hitter. Uh, number 25, Colin McKinney from Clear Creek had a really strong season for those guys. We have some great video of him online. Um, I think it was like a 13 or 14 strikeout game where he was still in the low 90s at the end of the game. He had a really impressive year and heading to Baylor there. Um, and then Colby Branch, another guy that you got a chance to see at Lovejoy um, during the high school season. Um, probably one of the most productive players that, you know, infielder wise that we saw at the bat um, all season, his, his, his numbers at the high school level were just video game type numbers. Yeah. So Colby's a a good example for me of the guy uh, of why you go back and watch guys as many times as you can. Um, Because my first look at him was in a freezing cold scrimmage against prosper and his at least the first about I saw was against Lucas Davenport. (laughs) So uh, not a lot of fun for anybody with weather like that. Um, And, you know, luckily I was able to get back and see Colby a couple of times after that, but um, he's a hitter. I mean, it's bottom line. He has a really good feeling for hitting um, always balanced, always on time. Um, And I got to see, he hit a home run, I think two home runs actually in the Jack Livingstone uh, no hitter game. And one of them was just absolutely murdered. Um, and he is, he has a really good chance to hit early um, at Baylor, I think. And he'll be a, a huge um, contributing factor for the new staff at Baylor mm-hmm. with Mitch Thompson and Zach Dillon. I know they're excited about him, but man, he has, he has a really good feel at the plate and I would consider it an advanced approach. Um, and those are the kind of guys that play early and often. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are the type of guys that if you, uh, if you hit like that, 
kind of have that natural hitting ability about you. You've got a chance to go to college the next level and trans a little quicker than, than most other guys, but he's number 24 on the list there from love joy. Um, Bim Abelt's number 23 on the list. Left in a picture from McKinney Boyd um, guy we've, we've known about for a, a long time. Um, tall lanky comes at you with a, a kind of a unique look, unique slot. Um, just has struck out a ton of guys. He pitched in our college league. I think he had a zero ERA in last year's college league uh, before his senior season. And it's been up to, I think, 90 or 92 in the college league again this past uh, this past month or so. Uh, we've talked a lot about um, Prosper and, and Davenport. His catcher, Easton Carmichael, comes on the list at number 22. Every time I've seen this guy, he's hit. And it has been cheapies. Uh, in the fall, he was hitting rockets. I saw him in the All-Star game hit two rockets up the middle. Um, Oklahoma's got to be fired up about this guy because not only does do I think he's got a chance to, to catch, um, the bat has been a real standout tool for a while now. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got tools. Uh, he's got a hose. Um, you can tell he's always in control of the game behind the plate. Um, you know, he caught some really good pitchers with ease. Um, you know, he's caught a guy, obviously, like Lucas Davenport that has really good stuff. Um, and he, you know, it's, it's not tough for him. He, he can really handle that. And, you know, I think he, he's a guy that, ha- I mean, he's got some gap power and he can run. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's an, obviously an athletic catcher. Um, you know, I saw some of those times that he ripped off at, at some point over to the Christmas break, uh, in the sixties. So you can see that there's athleticism there. Um, I mean, he's athletic enough that I think you could find some other spots for him. I think he could probably yeah. play outfield. Um, not that they're going to have any need for him to, but I think he's athletic enough to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a leader on the field, uh, coaches rave about him. Um, and I know Oklahoma is excited to get him. Yeah. Another catcher on the list at number 21, Ryland Galvan from Sinton, um, heading to Texas. This was one of our biggest movers up the list in our final rankings, I got a chance to see him, um, I believe, in March when Sinton played in the Dripping Springs tournament. Just the bat really stood out. Bat speed, um, you know, the ball just flew off the barrel, looked great physically. I saw him again in the state semifinal game against Salina, and he was he was the best non-Blake Mitchell player on the field. Um, made hard contact repeatedly um, to both uh, to the right side, to the left side. Um, hit a ball, I think, that had like a seven-second hang time that nearly brought the house down at Dish Fog Field, went to the warning track there. Um, welcome to the dish, Rylan. It can kind of steal some away from you if it's not the right day. But uh, I, I think the I, I believe in the bat, big-time arm strength behind there. I think if the catching skill continues to improve, um, which it did this year, I think he's going to have a chance to potentially stick there. But if he does have to move off there in the future, the bat is is so strong um, and the arm strength is so good, and he moves well enough that he could potentially profile another position there. But um, I, I think the plan is for him to, to really compete to catch some innings right away at Texas. I know they just added um, a, a guy from the portal from USC, I believe. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is a guy that I think Texas is counting on to really come in right away and really bolster that, at least the catching depth, because as we know, you can't have one guy just catch all the innings throughout a season. Yeah, we fell into that trap in 2019 after a couple injuries. You can never have enough of them because as soon as – the game knows. As soon as you don't put emphasis on that position, 
someone's going to get hurt or, or, or you're going to lose someone to the draft earlier than you thought, and you're, you're going to be in trouble, but yeah, Ryland's got a chance to play early um, as a contributor. He's, you know, he's got all the tools, he's got all the things you want and it'll just be, uh, you know, up to the staff and up to him to take that next step and have, you know, have a chance to be that next elite catcher in a long mm -hmm. line of them at Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Fallen guy. And, you know, whoever follows in the footsteps of Silas Arduan, um, I think a guy that's, <laughs> probably end up being like a third rounder in the upcoming draft. Um, you know, there's, there's been a long list of successful tech uh, catchers at Texas. I saw Trace Barrera is back up in the big league. So uh, yeah. Ryland definitely has the opportunity and the talent level uh, to be one of those guys in that, in that line of successful catchers uh, moving into the top 20, number 20, Anthony Silva shortstop from Clark guy. I saw a bunch in the summer, saw him a couple of times in the high school season. Um, he recently announced that, um, Hey, don't draft me. I'm, I'm heading to TCU. Uh, and I, I think that he's going to he's a guy that has carries himself, plays the game in a way that he could crack the rotation there in the infield pretty early on at TCU. But uh, just a guy I think has got a real chance to be a solid baseball player um, and a solid infielder at the college level. And then another guy, um, Cade McGar, different from Silva in that I think that he's a big projection guy. Um, yeah, long. He's got some length. He's got the lean athleticism. Um, good athlete could really run. Um, there's a lot of like loose twitchiness to what he does. Um, he could really take off at Texas tech. Yeah. You know, Cade's son of a coach, he plays like it. Um, he just, you know, always under control, cool, calm, collected demeanor. Um, you know, I, I could see him pitching some at tech and, and I can see him playing in the middle of the field real easily too. I mean, like I said, he's, it's a compliment to just be labeled a baseball player. And I think that's what Kate is, but what I like about him is he's, you know, he, he plays with good pace defensively. He can throw the ball from all angles. Um, nothing seems too big for him. Um, and that's, that's something that, you know, you can't really teach. It's just something that some guys have and Kate has that. I mean, he's, mm -hmm. he's a guy that, you know, how, how big he gets um, will determine probably where he ends up. But I mean, right now, you know, he, once he gets into a, into a good weight program and really begins to add weight, I mean, he's going to hit for some major power, I think, because he's already an elite hitter. Um, he knows how to hit, he knows what his plan is. And you can just tell he knows what he wants to do when he gets in the box. And, you know, as he, as he begins to add strength or I should say, keep adding strength, um, he's only going to get better and better, but he's a guy that, you know, in a couple of years could be, you know, a, a candidate for being towards the top of this list, just because yeah. of the intangibles and, and the projection that the body has. Yeah. He he's a, he's like one of the better examples of when people say projection, yeah. um, you know, what it looks like, especially with that athleticism and things like that. Um, speaking of other guy that can really hit Caden Kent, number 18 on the list, from Lake Travis, um, you know, spearheaded their deep, deep run into the playoffs. Um, the son of, of, of Jeff Kent, former MVP winner, really hits. And he's just – he's all about baseball. Uh, he's one of those guys that I think once he steps between the lines, um, it's, it's all about the game. Um, you know, don't mess with him unless it's about baseball. That's just kind of the way he carries himself, really that un under control, fiery competitiveness – and he hit, he hit all summer. You know, one of my favorite things I liked about him and Jack Little when I saw them late in July, just they, I mean, everybody was dragging and they played so many games and it's a million degrees outside. And those two guys had the same energy. 
the same focus, the same competitiveness, wanted to play every single inning. Um, that's the type of thing that can really translate well at the next level and allows you to kind of get into those tools, those tools and reach the next level. But um, every time I saw Caden Kent, he hit. Uh, I, I'm confident that he's going to keep doing that. Uh, another guy on the list, and sorry if you hear a, a newborn crying in the background. We're, we're fighting through some adversity this podcast. We got a newborn <laughs> crying in the background. Zoom shut down on us at one point. Um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're adjusting on the fly here, and that's, that's why we're professionals. But number 17 on the list, Jane Duplantier, um, betting on the makeup for sure. But I went and saw him this high school season, and he was 3-9 down the line. He's improved about as much as anybody from his junior year and that summer heading into his junior year until now. And the arrow keeps pointing up. Um, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see where he plays defensively. I think that as his skill improves, he's got a, he's got a real shot to stick at shortstop. Um, but he's a guy that's definitely worth betting on. And, and the speed really stands out. But every time I see him, the bat speed's a little bit better as well. Yeah. I mean, Jaden's a kid. We've talked about him numerous times that, you know, you, you bet on a family, you know, in the baseball world, you know, we talk about it a lot with um, having dads that played in the big leagues, played in college, um, have coached. Uh, Jaden is one of those guys that we, when we saw him, he hadn't grown yet, but the skill was there. You just knew that he needed to grow. And then you look at his brother, Dre, who's current Texas player who you knew he was going to work. There was no way that that family was not going to have produce a kid that doesn't work. I mean, he's a, he he knows how to he knows how to take care of his work. Um, he loves the game. Um, he's been around it now, watching his brother for three years. You know, <clears throat> learn from some of the best. And um, I see him coming and having a chance to play early, just depending upon what happens with the draft. Uh, but you know, Jaden's a kid that, like you said, that arrow's pointing straight up yeah. and he only continues to get better and he's going to continue to take off and have a big college career. Um, I think, but you know, like we mentioned last time, our, if you remember our last two guys, Jaden and Caden. So I, oh, made yeah, the my, I made my Aiden lineup. So we'll do that as soon as we finish this, but it's even better than I was expecting. So go, all right, go on. Yeah, and uh, Jaden, the guy that starts with J, we're getting to a bunch of J names as we as we move up the list. Another guy, Jack Livingstone at number 16 from Lovejoy. You saw him throw a no-hitter. Clearly, you're better luck for these guys than I am. Um, he was just like – we talk about every year there's like a senior arm that just not comes out of nowhere because he, he was a guy that I believe – he was committed to a junior college at one point. Um, so people knew about Jack Livingstone, but – uh, just took it to another level this year and was extremely productive and nothing the guy throws is straight. Um, and then Texas Tech ended up getting his commitment and his signature, and he's got a chance to be a, a, a real impact guy at the college level. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he, he's a guy that blew up this year, um, really put in the effort. You know, the, the work ethic off the field is there. Uh, he's a guy that's up early lifting, throwing, doing all the stuff that you need to do to get better. And it showed, you know, his, his body began to grow and mature. And he, if you see pictures of him now versus this time last year, it's significantly different. So he earned every bit of this ranking um, with the work that he put in over the last couple, you know, the last 12, 18 months. Um, and he's going to be exciting. Like it was funny, you know, I've always comped him to Tanner Shepard's uh, out of nowhere, a couple of weeks ago, Tanner actually reached out for me. I hadn't heard from him for quite a while, but Tanner reached out and was like, I guess he was trying to throw his name in the hat for uh, 
the Texas pitching coach job. And I was like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And he was like, oh, I work with a bunch of high school kids in the Dallas area. He lives in South Lake. But I said, Hey, I've got a guy that I've been comping to you all spring. So I sent him a, a couple of videos of, of Jack and he was like, Oh my gosh, like that guy's definitely better at pitching than I was at that, at that point in my life, which is true. I, I was playing with him when he first started to pitch after his freshman year at college. And Jack is a lot further along at that stage in his career than Tanner was, but Tanner was a guy that you knew was going to throw a hundred miles an hour at some point yeah. and, you know, ultimately became a big league closer, but the way Jack competes, um, the attitude that he has on the mound, I can't see a scenario where he's not a contributor early for tech. Um, mm-hmm. Just exciting pitcher to watch. There's a lot to lot to look forward to in his future, and it'll be fun to watch him. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he like a country musician too? Like, am I? Am, I don't. I don't know. He, he have, might be. I could see it. Like, yeah, I, I want to the say look. there's something. He's got he, the. Look. Was he the one that had like recorded some? Music? I don't know. I, I I feel like I saw that somewhere. He kind of. He seems like a like a Texas Tech guy, you know. Like that's yeah. that's just kind of yeah. a really good fit. Just everything about that is a good fit, but. Uh, moving up to number 15 on the list here, starts a, a run of three outfielders, Max Ballou, who's heading to Texas from Alito, um, Tavion Bonds from Cedar Hill, who signed to Oklahoma, and then Cason Wells from Smithson Valley, who signed with Texas A&M. Uh, Ballou, he had that rib injury um, in the last summer, um, so we didn't get to see him in the summer. We got really excited about seeing him in the fall, and he really stood out in the fall. Pretty left-handed swing type of swing you look at and say yeah that's that's got a chance to translate um if if assuming he makes it to texas i think that's probably a better bet right now um he could be one of those guys when they turn over so much of that roster that could really slide into a corner outfield spot we've seen him play center field before could maybe do that at a pinch but uh really texas betting on the bat there it's got a chance to stand off the next level and then tavion bonds and a guy i know you're high on um, yes. And then recently hit a three homer game in the college league. Um, yep. He's got some tools. Uh, it, it really chances if he taps into it at the next level, it, it could really be special in a variety of ways. I think so. I, I think Tavion's three home run game was actually in a high school event, but him Tavion and Max both play on the team that got second last night in our uh, college league. And it was really controversial and we need to get Tavion's opinion. But so we went to extra innings and the way we do extra innings is uh, we bases loaded one out is what we start with. And it was one, one going into extra innings. um, And then they scored a couple, uh, his team scored a couple runs. And then with two outs, um, with two outs and a runner on second, they hit a ball to him and he covered an enormous amount of ground to, to even get to it off the bat. It looked like it was definitely falling, but he caught it running in is what everyone thought. And then just kind of lost it on a transfer when he was going to roll it back to the mound on his way in, but they ruled that he didn't catch it. And that's how the college league ended. Oh no. Yeah, but like, you know, you have one side that was pretty adamant that he caught it live. I thought he caught it and it was an unbelievable play to he caught a ball standing up that like I didn't think he was going to even have a chance to get to diving. Um, But, you know, I think that's what we talked about. Part of his rise in the rankings was the fact that, you know, he's a lot less raw than than we thought going into it. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the tools are there and there is unlimited potential for Tavion. Uh, but he is a much more polished baseball player than we probably gave him credit for in our first set of rankings, because, uh, you know, I saw him live the first time was against Jared Thomas in his first, um, game back from his injury and Tavion stole the show. I mean, he, he crushed some balls to all fields. He played a really good center field and it's fun seeing guys like him. So Tavion and Max both on the same team. Dewar was on that team. Oh, Mac wow. Rose played on that team. Um, but they were fun, man. And, and it's fun to see those guys play against college competition and get a feel for whether or not they can hold their own. And Tavion yeah. and Max definitely did that. And uh, Ben Abel was on that team as well. And Jeez. I feel like one of Ben's biggest, um, one of his biggest strengths is I think he must bounce back really quickly. Cause I felt like he pitched in every single game. Um, he, he was a guy that just, you know, he wants the ball. He gets out there. He threw last night in the game as well, but that was a fun group to watch. Um, you know, Max and Tavion both have big futures. It's going to be fun watching them compete against each other at Oklahoma and Texas. Before we get to Case and Wells here, who who beat that team? Because you're rattling off a list of guys. Well, they were so they were all uh, the whole team they played. So there there were three teams um, from from the United program. Okay, and all three of them made the top eight uh, teams that were in our gold bracket. Let's call it. And the they lost to the United Braves, um, who were was actually comprised. It was basically Grayson's whole team. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So majority Grayson, they had a TCU's uh, Porter Brown. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, it was, it was a, con- a hotly contested game, uh, a lot of talent on the field, uh, but those guys are fun to watch and they look like they belong. I mean, mm-hmm. physically and just yeah. the way they, they handled their bats. Um, and Mac Rose, like I mentioned, he, he, he held his own as a, as a guy going into his senior year against these college guys. He had some really good at bats over the course of the summer. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun to watch those guys compete as the season went on. And those guys are still playing. They're going to, um, going to Farmington, um, a couple of, and Max is, or Mac is going to, uh, area area code coming Mm -hmm. up. So. Uh, but yeah, it was, like I said, it was fun watching them play and those guys both have big futures ahead of them. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of speaks to how loaded that college league was for sure. Um, case yep. Wells, uh, can, can fly. Um, yep. I, I've seen him sub for a bunch, uh, covers a lot of ground naturally in center field, um, had a big year with the bat. Uh, ended up hitting a lot of homers later in the year, um, starting to kind of tap into his power a little bit more. I think he's he's got a chance, you know, depending on what Texas A&M does with its roster and, and who shows up, but kind of has that mole of a, a top-of-the-order kind of bat, takes a lot of pitches, gets on base, can really, really run. Um, he's on the list number 13. And then our biggest mover on the list, number 12, Griffin Herring, left-handed pitcher from South Lake Carroll, signed to LSU, had the ridiculous run through the playoffs. I forget how many innings in a row he went without giving up a run. I think at one point it was 57, I think. <laughs> and he finally gave up a run. The streak was broken by Ridgepoint with J.J. Kinnett and Justin Vasos with those guys in, in the playoffs. But he, he only gave up a run, ended up striking out 13 guys in the state semifinal game there and, and, and moving South Lake Carroll on to the next level where they, they eventually won the state championship. But – um, we say get it right at the end. I think we've got it right here. Um, 
he's he's been a guy that's had a long track record of performance, but just wanted to kind of see the stuff tick up a little bit more, uh, and it did. And I, I was glad I got a chance to to go see him at the Dell Diamond pitching that All Star game. Um, two innings, he was up to ninety four miles an hour. The slider was eighty six to eighty seven, and it buckled a couple guys. It looked like a big time pitch. Um, you know, walked, I think he walked like 44 or 45 guys this year. And I was kind of looking at it, eh, that's, you know, you never want to see guys that walk that many guys, but when, when you watch him, he commands his stuff. Like he commanded the fastball to both sides of the plate through strikes with a slider, um, showed a third pitch changeup. Like, I, I think that, you know, he's got a chance, um, to pitch pretty quickly at LSU. Now I know they've added a ton of guys from the portal, some big names there, but, that kind of look out of the pen, that left-handed kind of a Madison Bumgarner type look where you see the arm swing in the back and it kind of comes at you from that angle. Um, but his stuff could even jump up even more in the pen. I, I definitely think he's a starter in the future, but um, that just might be where he gets his innings early on at LSU. And um, who knows? I think there's, there's still some MLB teams keeping very close tabs on him um, as we head into the draft here. So I'll be curious to see if, if somebody – uh, meets the price tag for him, but he comes on the list at number 12, uh, just a really standout season for South Lake Carroll. And the number 11 on the list, Travis Sanders um, from Copperas Cove heading to Texas Tech, uh, a guy that you got a final look at in that AAC Connie Mack qualifier there. Uh, just a really all around talented player um, that, you know, his defense really seemed to take a step forward this season. Yeah, he, he was really fun to watch. Uh, really, really good athlete. Really, really good baseball player. Um, he made a couple plays uh, at second base and shortstop look really, really easy. And they were not that way. <laughs> uh, they are plays that you see get uh, have shortstops eaten up by all the time. But he did it with ease. He's got a good feel for what, what, how the ball is going to bounce. He has good anticipation of where the ball is going to be hit. Um, he's an elite defender. Um, and if that, if that bat continues to develop and, you know, really turn into a, a weapon, I mean, he's going to be a guy that's going to be highly, highly coveted in three mm -hmm. years. Um, and, you know, he's, he's going to a place where he should put up some offensive numbers. Those guys do such a good job yeah. with the offensive players out in Lubbock and, um, Travis is a, just one of those guys that you're like, man, this guy is going to have a monster college career. And yeah. I, I just don't see really any other scenario with him, but you know, he's a guy that'll play early because of his defensive abilities. Um, and you know, the offense is there, like you've seen it, we've seen him do it. Um, mm -hmm. and once he gets into that system and continues to develop as a hitter, I mean, he's going to be a special player. I really think that. Yeah. He's a guy that coming out of last summer, you know, he timed velocity um really well i uh, remember that was kind of a thing scouts were saying about him coming out of the area code and just the way his hands worked and stuff like that so um yeah if texas hit oh man you kind of look at some of those guys that they could potentially get on campus there's there's certainly <laughs> reload there for sure but uh moving into the top 10 here in the 2022 5 tool 55 um jason jones from braswell signed with arkansas Guys played a lot of shortstop in high school, um, future third baseman, whether that's at the pro level or Arkansas, uh, probably has the most raw right-handed power with the bat in the class. Um, a lot of torque. You know, he went out to that uh, the MLB draft combine in San Diego, um, put on a show in batting practice with a couple of 110-mile-an-hour exit velocity um, off the bat and then hit a couple of balls that just over 420 feet 
Um, not many high school guys can do that. And, uh, you know, did, probably didn't have as, as like, oh, my gosh, productive elite season as he wanted to with, with the bat during his high school year. But um, starting to see some signs later on. He swung the bat well at the Connie Mack qualifier that maybe it's kind of all coming together for him again. Um, and if it does, you know, we know he's got the talent level to uh, to be a guy that uh, could hit his way to being like, man, maybe he should have been number two on this list. But um, a guy that's been a, a famous name for a long, long time, and uh, whether it's Arkansas or the pro level, um, there's a lot of power there that if he can start to really tap into, uh, could make him a big time power hitter. Well, he's one of those guys that, you know, he gets a different treatment than a lot of people that we see on these kind of lists because his name has been on the scene forever. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's an example of one of those guys that like that we talk about that probably get over scouted and there's a lot of probably nitpicking with him yeah. um, because of the success he's had and the type of player he is. Um, and he's a guy, like you said, that he'll, I mean, 10 may seem silly in the future yeah. uh, when we look back because he has the raw power. He has the ability. He's a good defender. Um, and we'll, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up on the field. Uh, but he's a special player. Um, again, you know, he, he, he talk about his numbers in high school. We can't ignore the fact that he was facing. I mean, he probably had one of the tougher districts in the state, if not the toughest district when it came to pitching. Um, that he saw on a daily basis. And like we know, those guys like him, they get pitched differently. Um, and it's tough being in your in your senior year with a lot of pressure on the draft. Um, and 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 it, it can get frustrating because he's a, you're, he, a guy like him is not going to get pitched to a lot. Yeah. And it's it's it can be very, I played with a guy, Preston Clark, that was the same way. And at one point we had to lead him off just because he just hoping that he would get one at bat worth of uh, normal pitching to uh, mm-hmm. as the as leading off the game guy. But, um, you know, the, we think a lot of Jason, uh, he's a good player. Uh, he's got a chance to be a, an incredible player. Like he's a guy that if he goes to Arkansas and puts up monster numbers in the sec, that won't surprise us one bit. Right. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens here this week with the draft, because he's a guy that with his performances and some of the high level events, um, you know, has a really has put himself in a position to where he could get popped pretty early, and it'll yeah. be exci- exciting to see where he goes and 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 where he ends up because he's he really is a truly special player and has a lot of potential to be a, a, a major league player at some point down the road. Yeah, whenever you go to to the draft combine, I mean, with all those evaluators there, and you do that 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 sort of stuff that he did, um, it's certainly going to grab everybody's attention for sure. And and this was a tough group because. Um, you know, this 10, nine, eight group, uh, as we move up the list here, was, was really tough to place those guys um, just because of just how highly we think in the talent level and the potential and what it could be down the road. Uh, Justin Bossos at number nine infielder from Ridgepoint heading to Texas A&M. I think he's a future second baseman, um, has the athleticism to play in the outfield, maybe even center field. Um Last summer, I mean, he had a stretch in July where he was like the best player in the state. I mean, it was just incredible, the production, the athleticism, the speed. Um, I think I've had him as fast as like 404 down the line from the right side. Good athlete. Barely, I think he only struck out like six times this year. And Ridgepoint played a real deep. And I mean, they played into the state semifinal. Um, just a guy that's really hit for a long time now, betting on the bat there. 
Uh, and then our uh, Justin Lampkin, who was our white whale for a while, finally got down to see him and Cal Allen left in a pitcher there. Um, some of the most absurd statistics I've ever seen um, at the <laughs> high school level. Let me see if I can find them here. Um, moving down the list. I'll, I'll find them at some point, but just like unbelievable. Like you, you got to get the calculator out to, to try to process the stats, but um, he was, you know, his 80, 40, 88. When I saw him, that's kind of where he lived all year, but you watch the way the arm works and the shoulder works and you look at the frame and how physical it's going to be in the future. And uh, I think that they could really tap into a lot of stuff with Justin Lampkin there um, at Texas, assuming he makes it to Texas A&M. Um, but he's got a chance to be a standout weekend starter there um, for the Aggies, and he comes in at number eight. And then Jace Lavayette, number seven on the list, made a pretty nice move up the list from Tompkins. I just wanted to see him just dominate. You know, he's he's six four, six five, good athlete, all the tools, got some power from the left side. Um, you know, just I, I think he's one of those guys that his patience. Uh, is both a good thing and also sometimes it's kind of a bad thing because it's like you don't really get to see the bat in motion a lot. Um, he put in motion a couple of times when I saw him this year. He was at a, a game that he was immune to uh, whatever curse I have because he hit a homer, um, and then I think he hit a grand slam in the same game. I know he went deep twice. Uh, just a really standout performance in the playoffs against rival Katie, but um, he comes in on the list at number seven. Just another guy at Texas A&M that um, – if he makes it to college, and uh, that might be the better bet right now, uh, it, if it all comes together, I mean, he's another guy like Jason Jones that we could look up and be like, man, uh, this the, he's put it together, and he's about to be rich, and he's about to go to the pro level and, and continue on his journey. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, he the next guy on the list with Chase Shores. Um, you know, Your white whale. My white whale. Um yeah, the weather weather kept me from getting to see him closer to home, but made the trek out to uh, to West Texas to see him throw. Um, really, really impressive guy. Athletic, um, repeats his delivery uh, better than most guys his size. Um, but like we mentioned with a lot of these guys, there's a lot more in the tank. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've seen the below from him. We've seen just about everything you would want him to do. Um, it's just a matter of being consistent with it on a daily basis. And for a guy, his size and that kind of stuff, he is. Um, so it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, like you mentioned, LSU grabbed some portal guys uh, recently, but the innings are there to be had because yeah. that was not a good pitching staff this year. And so Jay Johnson went out and got uh, Wes Johnson stolen from the twins mm -hmm. and his reputation with working with college pitchers is, impeccable and he's the guy that you know chase shores will go in there uh, along with griffin herring and have a chance to really really contribute early uh, but if he ends up making it to lsu like he's that guy that you could see being a friday night starter by his sophomore junior year and you know being a guy that we're talking about at the top of the draft in a few years like he's got that kind of potential and stuff and um you know he he's going to have an exciting career to follow for sure in baton rouge yeah, we're kind of at the point here with some of these guys that, um, you know, the draft will get a little bit interesting. Um, high price tags for a lot of these guys, but the talent level is at a point where maybe somebody tries to meet it. Um, with Shores, you know, he, he added strength, uh, really great looking guy for somebody his size. He, like he handles his body well, um, throws strikes on the mound. 
I think that whether it's the pro level or LSU, somebody's going to get him. And I imagine Wes Johnson's probably taking a look like, man, if I can get this guy, because I think there's some things you can do with the shape of his pitches. Um, the breaking ball ticked up. I think it can, it can get up to another level. Um, you know, throws that kind of that sinking fastball. There's some things you could do with, with the shape there to really unlock a new level for Chase Shores, because there's a lot to work with the arm speed and the size and the arm strength. I mean, this guy throws really, really hard. Um, number five on the list, we're into the top five here. Jared Thomas from Waxahachie signed to Texas. Um, a do-it-all guy. We've got first base left-handed pitcher here. He's definitely a position player. Maybe he throws some innings if you need to because he can just throw strikes. But he's a guy I've heard that's been working out some in outfield. Um, I think that yeah. down the road, if he proves he can play outfield, which I don't doubt it, he's an athletic player, instinctive player that could really help his prospect status from the pro level even more. But one of our favorite hitters and players by far in this class. And I think he's a classic example of you watch how a guy takes pitches and how he tracks pitches and how he like swings. Like there's a, just a lot of natural instinctive ability in the batter's box to see the ball, the hand to process. Um, And he's got a really rhythmic athletic swing um, that's pretty to watch on the left side. Um, a future leader, um, Texas has got to be crossing their fingers because if this, if this guy shows up, I think he hits um, after an adjustment period that all guys go through. I hit, think he hits from day one. But more importantly, I think he's going to be a leader from day one. Yeah, he's he's the ultimate glue guy. Uh, baseball player, you know, like, again, we say that's the biggest compliment we can give you. But that's what Jared is. Um, you talk to him. He knows the game. He loves the game. He puts his teammates in a position to win the game all the time. He just finds ways to contribute to winning baseball. And that's who he is. That's who he's always been. And I don't really see any scenario that he doesn't continue to be that, whether Mm -hmm. it's at Texas or in the minor leagues and eventually major leagues. But, you know, he, he's one of those guys that's just, he's the ultimate definition of a baseball player. And as he continued to get strong, every bit of strength that he gained his, um, prowess as a prospect grew because Mm. like you said, you know, when we, when we, when he committed to us, when I was at Texas, you know, it was one of those things. It was like a lot like Jaden, like you're like, yeah, he's not there yet, but man, if this guy continues to go where we think he will, he's going to be a special, special player, but he's a guy that's a day one player. If he steps on foot, uh, steps foot on campus in Austin and um, but in multiple places, which isn't always the case for a left-handed guy, but he could play first base in his sleep. Um, as he's gotten stronger, he's gotten significantly faster. So I could see him playing any of the three outfield spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing is for sure that he's going to find a way to contribute to winning baseball. And that's just who he is and what he does. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, with Gavin Cash moving on from Texas to Texas Tech, um, you know, and Ivan Melendez moving on, there's, there's, a, there's a hole there at first base that Jared Thomas could certainly fill in from day one. Uh, number four on the list, Jarrett Curtis, outfielder from Tomball Memorial. Went to the MLB Draft Combine out in San Antonio and set the uh, San Diego and set the record for the thirty. Um, I believe it was like three point four or something like that. Um, he's got legendary speed, legendary. We saw him run a five nine sixty at the Hunter Pence Scout Day last fall. I was there. I was with people that had stopwatches. We had the lasers going. We made him made him run it multiple times. He is that fast. Um, I've heard stories about how quickly he's gotten on the lineup. Bunts, 
I've heard stories about the time he hit it inside the park homer in front of a bunch of big time evaluators and how fast he did it. It is the 80 of 80 speed uh, grades that you can give. And he's athletic. He's got quick hands, strong hands. Uh, he's a guy that I think where he is right now and where he could become, there's a big gap because there's still a lot of growth that could occur in terms of the skill, tapping into that talent, improving as a player. Um, really exciting prospect. I think that he's one I'm going to be watching very closely in the MLB draft because I think once the second round starts going, um, he's a guy that I think a lot of teams are going to have on their board uh, because he's just so athletic and so fast. And, and you want to bet on that potential and that sort of athlete, especially a guy that can fly around center field there. And uh, number three on the list, Jalen Flores. These guys actually flip-flopped um, in our update. Um, I went and saw Jalen a couple more times. So smooth. Um, everything comes easy to him on the field. Um, I think he has an underrated arm. I, I just, there's a big arm in there. He doesn't have to show it off a lot. Um because, you know, the things come so naturally, him defensively, the transfer and things like that. But he's got a big arm in there. I think that you look at him just across the board, um, there's a chance to hit. There's a chance to get into some more power, especially as he learns to, to kind of how to use those longer limbs, let the baseball travel and that sort of thing. He has good hand-eye coordination. He makes contact a lot. Um, hardly ever saw him swing and miss. Um, but just a top-step kind of guy, loves playing the game just kind of glides around the field. Everything just kind of comes easily to him. And uh, I think that he's a guy that, that um, come the second round of the draft, there's, there's probably going to be some phone calls there to see, um, Hey, you know, would you sign for this amount of money? Would you turn pro? Uh, Cause he got a lot of his scouting attention this year. Yeah. I mean, I'll never forget the first day that I really got to see Jalen. He came to a camp and it was one of Tulo's first days on campus. And it was funny because Tulo had not adjusted his eyes yet. Um, and so he, you know, he, I think he was, he saw some guys, he was like, eh, you know, people that were known good players at that time, he was kind of like, eh, you know, you know he, I like him. He's fine. He's got a chance. He's okay. And then Jalen steps up there and he's like, Ooh, I like this guy. <laughs> and that was, that was a pretty, uh, pretty, eye-opening statement coming from him for for a guy that we didn't hadn't known very long but mm. and if if as you get to know him you know it's even more impressive because yeah. he doesn't hand out compliments very easily um and you have to earn things with Tulo and I think ultimately what I've settled on is I think Tulo saw a lot of himself and Jalen right. just as a player mm -hmm. he likes the big short stops mm -hmm. Um, and Jalen's probably, you know, I hope he doesn't listen to this. I know he has sometimes, but, uh, he's probably a little bit more athletic than Tula was at that point in his career. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's, it'll, it's a shame that he's not going to get to work with Tulo at Texas. Um, you know, because you could see Tulo taking that guy and making him into, you know, possible top 10 pick, um, and, you know, who, there's nothing to say that he doesn't end up in Texas and do that anyways. But, you know, I know there was some excitement from him and the family to get to go and work with Tulo. And I know the feeling was mutual because Tulo thought a lot of him and thinks a lot of him as a player. Um, so it's it, he's a guy that, like you said, he, he's he's going to be a guy that's going to have to turn down some money. Yeah. Um, and he's played himself into that conversation and uh, he deserves every bit of it because he's mm -hmm. a, he's an outstanding player and 
he plays the game the right way and it's it's going to be fun to watch him uh continue to grow and develop yeah yeah it's uh you know that six two might even be six three shortstop but just you know he's he's gonna fill out i think there's more athleticism to get to there but everything just comes so smoothly and naturally to him on the field it's a guy that we're certainly betting on for sure uh number two on the list cole phillips right in a pitch from bernie uh was the pitching name in texas um maybe even nationally a lot way up there with with dylan lesko out in georgia as well yeah. because it, he started throwing 99 miles an hour there were reports of 100 miles an hour um, I went and saw him. I have to look at my notes. I think he was up to 98 when I saw him. Um, the stuff really took a jump. The breaking ball took a jump. Throwing strikes uh, was poised for a monster season and then unfortunately um, hurt his elbow and had to undergo Tommy John surgery. So, uh, but just a phenomenal prospect. You know, the rate and success rate of these guys coming back from this injury now, um, you can bet on it with confidence that that there's there's – a really good chance that they're going to regain um, what they had and even more, possibly more um, in the future. I know it's an opportunity for guys to sometimes kind of really rework their body and things like that, but um, whether it's Arkansas or the MLB level, um, big, big time prospect. Uh, I think that he's a guy that, that, you know, maybe in that second round, that third, certainly that third round, if he's still on the board, um, that family is going to be feeling some phone calls for sure, because he's that level of a prospect. And, uh, I don't know if he would have challenged number one on the list here if, if he remained healthy all season, but but maybe so because how often do you see righties that throw 100 with that kind of breaking ball at the high school level? But um, Jet Williams, number one on the list, Rockwall Heath shortstop, signed to Mississippi State, um, went wire to wire. He was number one on our first list. He was number one on our update. He was number one on our final list. Um, frankly, it wasn't really that close because he got better. Um, he came out of a strong, strong summer where he proved that he was one of the best hitters um, in the nation because he could hit real stuff and he swung a heavy barrel and he had some some juice for a guy his size. But the run times got better. Um, he played shortstop well enough to where I think that there are some teams now that think that he's got a chance to actually stick there um, in the future, which was a question because he didn't play shortstop a lot as a junior, um, you know, played it a bunch heading into the summer. I think he's got more arm than people give him credit for. I mean, he's the guy that was up to 93 miles an hour in the, in the past off the mound, but there's just the list of guys at the high school level that you can watch hit elite stuff um, is a small list. And, and Jet Williams is a guy that's on that list and it might be plus plus run. Um, and he won a ton of games um, won a state title as a junior, took Rockwall Heath back very, very, very deep into the playoffs again. Uh, a lot of winner, a lot of intangibles. I know Coach uh, Coach at Rockwall Heath really likes him, but um, the sky's the limit for Jet Williams, and I think that he's a guy that probably within the first 20 picks of the draft, he's gone. Yeah, that, that seems to be consensus, and it's been interesting. So kind of a cool thing, there's been a documentary crew that's been following him around uh, for the last few weeks and doing a lot of interviews from people that jets, you know, been, uh, been associated with in the baseball world, you know, throughout his baseball career, um, coaches, players, trainers, um, you know, and I think that comes out, I, I don't think it's come out yet, but it's going to come I think out Friday, I think is when it's supposed to. That's right. And so, um, it's going to be interesting to watch, but I know a lot of the people that were involved with making that video and p- played a part in and played a part in his baseball career. And, 
you know, you're, you're going to be pretty hard pressed to find someone that doesn't think this guy is going to make it. Um, I even saw a guy that I went to high school with who owns the local sporting goods store here. It was, he, he, he had a post of like a picture of jet from when he was really little and he's got the flat bill and the eye black and, and you could just tell he just looks like a baseball player mm. and you can tell by the way he plays that that's what he is. Um, he's another guy that we have on this list that you could tell me that he was going to play here, here, or here at the big league level. And you'd buy it because yeah. he's that talented. Um, he's that kind of athlete. He understands pace. He understands he's got that innate clock that we talk about with guys um, to where he's never in a hurry he knows how much he has to put on the ball. Um, and there's just a sense of confidence that Jet has mm. that not many kids his age have. And that comes from putting in the work. Yeah. Um, I know he's he's a maniacal worker uh, on the field, off the field, and just really takes his craft seriously. Um, you know, really got serious with the weight room. And he's, he's not tall, but he's physical. Um, and that's why I think people are okay with taking a smaller guy. And there's a long list of guys that we're, we're going to see over the next couple of years that hope that what he does sticks as a trend because right. it's, it, it's rewarding a guy who can really play baseball mm. just as much as ha- just straight out having tools in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, because Jet is strong, Jet is fast, uh, Jet knows how to play the game. And if you do those things um, and you you can consistently win with your skills and intangibles like he does, uh, you have a chance to be an elite, elite player. And Jet is definitely in that category. Um, but he's a guy that around town is thought of really well. Um, he plays the game really hard. Um, and, you know, I, I know a lot of times people that are like this level prospect, they can get labeled as, um, you know, just – kind of having a lot of talent and that's what, not what jet is. Jet's a yeah. grinder. Um, and mm-hmm. he's worked his way back from some injuries and he's got a flair for the dramatic in a big moment. Um, you know, he's a guy that always seemed to produce when it really mattered for Heath and, you know, everything that you list is, uh, you know, if you're an organization going down your list of things that you're looking for, when you draft jet fit, fits that mold, um, mm-hmm. you know, other than height, you know, I mean, yeah, I, right. I, I can't think of anything else on the scale of what a baseball player needs to be um, that that he doesn't have. And it's been really exciting being up here in, for his senior year and getting to watch him play a lot um, because he's a guy that um, he's a guy that you you want to emulate his game because he plays so hard and he's just so successful because of all the work he's put in. Yeah. You know, like you said, the the whole height thing, um, you know, they're the, the computer model teams and stuff, you know, they're going to, all right, how many five, eight or five, nine infielders drafted in the first round, like, or just played period. But I, I know that, you know, you mentioned the work he's put it on his body. I mean, he's a physical guy, um, but he's also yeah. a very twitchy, explosive athletic guy too. Yeah. Um, and he just has, a, I think he's even gained athleticism. We know he's gained speed um, mm-hmm. this year, but yeah, there's a lot of guys, you know, a lot of infielders that, that are rooting for him to kind of blow off the doors on the whole, you know, height thing. And I think it says a lot about his ability to hit, a lot about his intangibles, a lot about his um, his talent and skill level um, that he's he's been wire to wire number one on our list. And keep in mind, too, like when we first did our list, like he didn't really play in any of our events. So it was easy for us to say, look, like 
we don't have any bias towards whether or not like you play in our stuff. Like, yeah, we want everybody to play in five tool events. Like that'd be great. Um, be good for us. Um, good for the business, good for whatever, but like, we're not going to hold it against you. Um, if you're just one of those guys, that's so good and so talented that you kind of end up globe trotting across the country, but, um, got to see him in the, the, uh, scout, uh, the fall, um, blue Jay scout team. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is the bat everybody's been talking about there. So, um, says a lot about him that he's had the staying power there on this list and, and says a lot about his talent and skill level that every mock draft you see right now is kind of in that, I've seen him as high as 11, kind of a low as like 24, 25. But uh, I think the, those teams that have multiple first round picks or multiple picks early in the draft that have mo- more bonus pool money to work with, um, I could see making a run at him and getting him signed. But um, just a baseball player that happens to be also really skilled and really talented and, and really excited to see what he becomes in the future because um, he can really hit and he's got a long track record of hitting, a long track record of winning. So um, an easy number one uh, for us. And it says a lot about him that he gets that praise from you being a Rockwall guy, you know, the whole Rockwall and Rockwall Heath thing. And here's Mr. Rockwall himself on there praising Jet Williams. But uh, well, that's our list. That is our first ever 5 Tool 55, the final update to the 2022 class. Again, you can get on 5tool.org and, and see the list, um, read all the coverage. I mean, I feel like we had a highlight video for every single guy on here. We added some commentary, some stats for some of the players kind of explained our process, uh, whether it was new players on the list, whether it was some of the toughest ranking decisions, explaining how we do our rankings. I've linked there as well. I mean, then those just missed guys that we talked about earlier in this podcast, uh, why they might make us look a little bit silly in the future for keeping them off there. But um, anything you want to wrap us up with? You have your yes. you have your Aiden list that you're, that you're going to share about all the guys that are the, the, the rhyming Aidens of the world. And uh, apparently that makes you a really good baseball player these couple of years. Tell me, tell me that you wouldn't win a lot of games with this roster. This is my starting lineup. Okay. I've got Caden Mitchell catching. Okay. I've got Caden Kent at first base. Okay. I've got Braden Randall at second. I've okay. got Jaden Duplantier at short. I've got Caden Mitchell from the 25 sticks at third. Oh, I've wow. Got All right. Braden Sharp, Braden Sharp in left, Aiden Howard in center, Aiden Smith in right field, uh-huh. and then Aiden Sims on the mound. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to win some games. Okay, but that's hold on. win a lot of games. Okay, there's like, here's some of the other guys that are like going to be on my bench for this Aiden team. You've got Aiden Sharp, Aiden Lamar, uh, Braden Gilly, Braden Vickery, Caden Strickland, Caden Self, Caden Ferraro, Caden Wilson, and the Aiden Coleman, Aiden Good. I mean, are you what? Uh, Sorrell, isn't he a Aiden? Aiden? Oh, that's oh, wow. oh, you might have to you might have to list a DH because. Uh, um, our man, Caden Sorrell. That's that's a okay. dude. All right. All right. I'm going to put Caden Sorrell in the left. It makes sharp your utility I'm, pitcher gonna, hitter guy. That's what I'm going to do. Ooh, that's, that's what I'm going to do. That's a heck of a team. That's a really good team. Like that team's win, winning yeah. a lot, a lot of games. Put, I'll take that put, team to Farmington. Yeah. Oh, for We're, sure. The Aidens. Yeah. The Aidens. Yeah. Take them anywhere. You've got a chance to beat anybody. Any class. Take, put them in the college league. I think you could probably win the college league too with those guys. But 
Wow, that's uh, that's that's quite the list there, and uh, I'm sure there are gonna be guys pop up. They're gonna join that list as well. But um, the Aidens, note to self when we when we do drafts in the future, um, remember the Aidens because those are a lot of really good players there. But um, well, that wraps us up for today. We've talked long enough. Um, you can follow the podcast at Five Tool Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Allison's doing a, an amazing job behind the scenes with, with the highlight clips and, and, and getting it out there. I know that the players are really, really digging that stuff there. So make sure you're following those accounts on social media and follow all, all of our five tool coverage, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're all over the place. Um, but that puts the final chapter on the 2022 class. Uh, excited to see what happens with these guys and their growth and their development, and their careers, whether it's at the college level or the pro level. Um, and now all of our focus will shift to from the ranking side. Uh, in the meantime, we'll shift to that 2023 class. Uh, a lot of really good information came out of the Mattingly, a lot of good information to come during the summer in these various events. Um, and then we'll have another update on those guys once the summer concludes. And then we'll we'll get cracking on the first 2024 list. Whew, makes my uh, makes me a little dizzy just thinking about it. But um, that one will probably get up sometime in the fall. Uh, we're definitely in the winter as we take our first look at those 2024 guys in the rankings. But uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging in there with us. We survived a crying newborn. We survived some Zoom technical difficulties, uh, but this will be up soon. And uh, thanks for tuning in and listening. We had some great listener numbers. We really appreciate the feedback and support. I'm glad you guys are enjoying the content. If you could, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice rating and review. Kind of helps the podcast get a little bit more discoverable out there for people to enjoy. But uh, for Drew, I'm Dustin. Until we talk to y'all next time, stay cool. Hope your AC works and take care.